0: What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the TV podcast network my name is alan jackson i'm throwing you a curveball brian by putting me on the right side of the screen i think i'm normally on the other side
0: nope that's okay we talked about this last time right i can tell it's just you're you're bumping me up to first seat here and i i appreciate it thank you no no i just
1: i I just wanted to kind of be fair and give everybody a chance to be in the first seat and since there's only two of us that means you have Mm -hmm. to have it occasionally um that is brian jackson my brother I'm Alan Jackson. We are brothers in tech. And uh, we get together every week. And this is the only time my brother and I talk. So (laughs) we pretty much talk technology. And we just figured we'd open the floodgates and let people in to join on our conversation. We talk home, family, and personal technology. Don't get into a lot of enterprise, big business, uh, tech. We're not doing any kind of tech forecasting here or future trend. We're looking at stuff that people are using right now or are available yeah. to us here in the very near future. And uh, just trying to think of how to enrich our lives with, with technology and hopefully be a resource to other people who are looking to do the same thing within their family or personal uh, home computing situation. So Brian, with all that, that good. being said, uh, how are you doing? Are we
0: good? I'm good. That was, that was a nice overview. That was probably one of your better ones. Yep. It's, just, it's starting to flow, isn't it? It's starting to, I mean, we've only. It's amazing when
1: I actually put a good five minutes of prep time into this. It's amazing <laughs> what I can actually pull off um, and actually have things rehearsed or ready to say. So, well, yeah.
0: yeah. The well, number of times you've actually done that has been so rare that it's, it's hard to, it's it hard to know. No, it
1: I'm, look, I'm not arguing with you. I completely agree. It's uh, uh, the amount of prep work I put in is not where it should be. And uh, probably, probably shows some of the times, but uh, no. No. it's okay. Today, today is different though. I yep. am fully prepared. Yeah, you
0: are it sound, it sounds like you are ready to roll. I I I'm very excited to take a back seat, even though I am in first chair. I would be very happy to take a back seat to you today and uh kind of hear what you have to say. I've got some random things to contribute, but uh yeah. Today's your day, man. Today's your day to shine.
1: Well, we uh you know, when we get together, we in the past for several years we've been doing this show. We we sometimes will hone in on one topic and we like to talk about that one aspect of home or personal technology. But you know, lately, um, and actually I've gotten some feedback on this, it's been good, this idea of not feeling like we've got to stay on one topic the whole time, that we can do a little more of a hodgepodge of some different things. Uh, That way we kind of cover a lot of different bases, but we don't spend as much time on each individual one. So we're going to see how that works out today. Today we've got a few topics we're going to talk about. Um, First up, we're going to talk about social media and kind of the state of social media, especially in regards to uh, the recent changes at the Twitter organization. Uh, It's kind of caused a lot of people to start thinking about alternatives. What are some new social media alternatives that may be worth checking out? We're going to kind of talk about those a little bit. I've got some thoughts to share on the latest Mac operating system uh, 13, which is Ventura. Uh, I've used it now for uh, almost two weeks. Got a little bit of feedback, some some uh, impressions to give, and some thoughts and questions about it. And uh, I'll also share a little update on. I know last time we talked about uh, home NAS or network as, uh, NAS, associated yeah. uh, network associated drive, network attached drive. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I actually did have a couple of questions from people in the op wanting to know a little bit more about it. I, I, I think maybe. Ah, uh, maybe didn't go quite as deep into like what exactly it does differently than a regular just connected external drive. So mine is up you in got operation that set up
0: now. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Last week when we talked, I didn't have it set up, so I'll give you a little more insight and can show you a couple things of how that works, how we're using that in our home setup. And then, um Perfect. Then Brian, we're going to have a uh, bits to share later as well, right?
0: Yep. Yep. We can. Uh... <laughs> We'll just, we'll see what, we'll see what the time is, right? They, uh, you know, one of the challenges here when we talk, talking about multiple things, I mean, you and I, you and I talk. So well, well, that's see. true. Let's we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to keep us we'll on track. Okay. I'm going
1: to keep us on track. I've got a timer going. I'm ready to see nice. how we do time-wise. We're going to try and keep, nice. keep this, keep this going. Our bits okay. is our brothers and tech suggestions in case anybody was curious about the acronym. It's a great acronym that Brian came up with early on okay. in our show. Brothers in tech suggestions are bits, and that's a recommendation Brian and I both give of either hardware, gadget, software, app, website, whatever it may be, technology-wise, that we want to recommend to other people. I am still on my old, old, beat-up laptop because my new one is still being repaired, Brian. Mm-hmm. So if my video is a little little, little tougher here, uh, quality-wise or something, I apologize. Uh, I'm still so, waiting. If the,
0: so if the audio stops, I have to decide whether that's a an actual moment of silence for your computer or if your computer is just not keeping up.
1: That's right. Yeah. Okay. Or I've just decided to bail on the show. and <laughs> That seemed like the easiest way to do it. Um, Got so it. anyway, nope. just uh, my apologies nope. if my video is a little, a little rougher. This laptop has been going through its paces this last couple of weeks while I've been working on getting my liquid damaged macbook pro hmm. replaced basically and uh still quite the ordeal there i'm almost done with it but I'm not going to get into that today i've talked about it enough the last couple of weeks so social we to start we want to talk, we, we talk social media
0: yeah yeah i guess so i mean i uh yeah i don't i don't know how uh, jazzed i am about this topic uh, mainly because right. social media has gotten me a little annoyed and frustrated uh, over the last well for a long time. So, uh, so, but maybe that's exactly what we should be talking about. We should talk about what some possible alternatives are. So why don't we, why don't we do Let's do a quick little set the scene here. Right. So okay. Elon Musk has now purchased Twitter finally. Right. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's go back even,
1: let's go back even a little bit further on that. Um,
0: oh, well, okay. you know,
1: social media wise. I mean, just, I know we talked about social media networks way early on in the show, just, and yeah, what's amazing to, to me is that, that yep. the one, the ones we talked about, that's kind of being the prominent ones at that time, and that was a good two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they're still pretty much the ones that everybody uses. There hasn't really been anything new rolled out that's really caught fire. I don't think. No. Uh, TikTok is one that's. Uh, yes, it's out there. I mean, I know a lot of people use it. I, I'm talking about when I think of social media, I'm really thinking more networks of. Yeah. You know, sharing both texts and photos and videos and, and 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 stories and so forth it still seems like you know, it's been twitter facebook linkedin on the business side and then i guess instagram is kind of the one that skews more on the photo side but that's still kind of your major ones wait, on social oh, media wait, we're not
0: gonna we're not gonna talk about next door i mean we're no not gonna, we're not gonna, gonna do a whole episode actually, on that
1: Never open next door here, here yeah. where I live, neighbors don't care about each other. So we mm-hmm. don't, we don't do any kind of social networking with each other. Well, we obviously
0: don't care about each other either. We just like to rag on each other. And is that what, is that what it. next oh, door God, is? Oh, Seriously. Is. I, oh, I, yeah. you, might might, you might want to jump on sometime. It's, it's someone brings something up and complains about the kids that have just run through their yard. And then everyone oh. else does about 200 responses about how they're the most horrible people in the world. And then they argue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. This I is I next door, next door.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I love yeah. the drama side of it. So I may actually, want oh, to. there's a lot of drama just to yep. sit by the, sit by the, by the, uh, on the uh, sidelines and watch, and
0: I stuff. mean, jump in on next door after something like Halloween and mm. hear people talk about, you know, the nefarious things that went on the night before. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, yeah, it, it might be your, it might be your way to get drama into your life, Alan.
1: It's probably a good thing I didn't have that going or at least maybe they are talking about me after <laughs> Halloween because um I have the home theater screen right here. And it happens to be facing to where if I open my windows right here, it is a clear view of whatever I've got on that screen out to the street in front of us where all the trick or treaters were walking by. So I thought I'd be funny and clever and, and put up some, uh you know. Uh, kooky skeletons you know dancing on the screen and it was like eh, all right like it was was, i tried to keep it pretty tame it was pretty Mm -hmm. easy stuff on there but it looked cool like if you walk by the the house or walk on the sidewalk you look in it's like there's big skeletons dancing in my den it was pretty cool um but the thing is i was doing it on youtube and you know youtube when you finish a video it decides what
0: video it wants to show next (laughs) Oh, please tell me you had porn. Please tell me porn went on outside. No, it was just <laughs> terribly
1: graphic, scary.
0: Oh, geez. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. That's
1: what I'm saying is that if next door is is going on around me, I'm sure people are riled up about the things that were being displayed out of my windows on Halloween nights. So.
0: Yeah. Forget. Forget worrying about you know, razor blades in your candy, right? Just don't go near that house. And, I mean, seriously,
1: uh, I walked outside just to kind of go check on one of the, the lights outside. And I looked in my own Dan. I'm like, Oh my God, what, <laughs> 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 what am I showing these people? So uh, it was funny. All right. Nice. What were we talking about again? I'm sorry. Yeah, social media, right? Yeah. yeah yep, social yep. media. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, the reason we decided to talk about social media is that I mean, these these four networks have been around for a good while, and, and they're still kind of mainstay. To me, this is the first time, Brian, I think we've really seen a true shakeup in one of them to the point where there's one of the a big boys. threat of people ditching this network now. People have always complained about Facebook, but people yep. generally aren't leaving Facebook in droves. Um, but Twitter, Twitter is actually uh, with Elon Musk having recently bought it. Uh, There's been some concerns about the content that's on Twitter and how moderated or unmoderated it's now going to become. Questions about verification of people's identity. Just a lot of things to where I think enough people, it's the most I've seen people saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm going to leave. And I'll tell you.
0: Right. Hmm. Oh yeah. The cost, cost of rolling yeah, out for it, throwing it, it out. Mm-hmm.
1: The one thing that I will say is that everybody I've said, seen that said they're going to leave Twitter. I haven't seen them actually leave yet. So right. I right. still think there's a little bit of that, but it is causing some people to talk about what are some alternatives? Are there some new alternatives? If, if everybody wanted to leave Twitter in my on mass and get out of there, is there somewhere to go? Cause look, you, you like it or not. Twitter does serve a purpose, you know. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of communities and groups of people that I see, and I, I'm I'm a part of online that they actually get benefit from a network like Twitter. It's just now the concerns are how Twitter is being managed and how it's being uh, how it's being led. More than anything, people aren't really upset about the functionality of Twitter. It's the no. decisions on the people who are now guiding yep. it. So, yep. So that has opened up a good question mark of are there other platforms and networks available to go to? And I'm here to tell you, Brian, I know you haven't really messed around with any of these. I did. I went ahead and got on all three of these other ones I'm going to talk about just because I want to kind of get familiar with them, see if they were going to be any kind of alternative and also to go ahead and try to lay claim to my name on them, which I think is important. You have to go ahead and get your, a good handle. So you're not left with, a K Jackson six one two five zero, you know, or something. Um, unfortunately, Alan Jackson was already taken on surprise, all three surprise.
0: Of them. So yeah.
1: somebody with the country music singer, his social media team, uh, jumped on those pretty, pretty quick, quick. I'm imagining, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there are three. I'm going to pull up a little bit of information about them uh, just to talk about these three alternatives. So if you're somebody who says, "All right, look," I like what Twitter does. I just don't want to be a part of it anymore. Or I'm thinking that people are going to be leaving and I want to go ahead and jump on whatever may be the next big thing. Here are three that are getting some attention. Although I'm just going to go ahead and say, I don't think any of them are quite ready for prime time yet.
0: Right.
1: If you jump into any of these three other networks, I really think you're, you're kind of being a beta tester. You're kind of getting in while things are kind of low key and, and still a lot of bugs to work out. So um, just know that going in yeah. and, and also yeah. you don't have the volume of people like you do on Twitter. So the whole point of a social network is to have others to interact with. And if you don't have a lot of people to interact with, it's kind of makes it a little challenging. So, well, and um, that's,
0: that's why I'm pretty sure we're not seeing the mass exodus of Twitter. I, I, I think, think everybody. I, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily that everybody is not still in, that there's not still an interest in leaving. I just think that they are waiting until something is, you know, an effective um, substitution. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I agree. I think that's what's going to happen. And I think I'm just waiting to see which one's going to kind of rise up out of the, the ashes of this whole deal, if any of them do. I mean, we yeah. may still be talking about Twitter this time next year, and nothing's really changed. Um, the one I want to talk about first is probably the one that's considered right now to be, quote, the most popular Twitter alternative. Yeah. Uh, last I heard, it was close to 6 million accounts on Mastodon. So Mastodon is an app. Mastodon's been around for a while. These are not new apps. It's just everybody kind of looked around and said, is there an app or service that can work like Twitter that we, if we all move to, could we use? And Mastodon was one that a lot of people started gravitating to. Again, 6 million accounts, nowhere near Twitter numbers, but that is a big growth in just the last several weeks. Um, Here's the interesting thing about Mastodon, and I'm actually going to pull it up on my phone because I want to show everybody what we're talking about here. Um, Mastodon is kind of interesting in that it is a decentralized social network. And what we mean by that is, it is not one that one centralized company manages and has all the, the... the So imagine like Twitter. Twitter is a company. Twitter has a giant server farm. Everything that you do on Twitter is sitting on that. Twitter's yep. servers and, and, and their property. Mastodon is different. It's decentralized, meaning there is no headquarters. There is no company that owns the whole thing. It is a social network when you hop in it it actually looks very similar to twitter functionality is very similar to twitter but it's not owned by a company it's not owned by any one company uh it allows its communities to to what they say quote be truly user-led and we'll see how that turns out in the long run if you get a lot of people there um the thing that's been tripping people up with mastodon that a lot if you go online there's a lot of memes and, and people joking about this it's how difficult it is like for the end user to get started. The reason is when you go into Mastodon and I'm going to see if I can do this here. Let me uh, see if I can pull this up. Let me take me just a second. I didn't have my phone set up. I realized Mastodon is only a, uh,
0: yeah, it's only mobile, right?
1: It's only a mobile phone. I was hoping to show it on the desktop, but I forgot it's not. So let me just bring this up. And I'll share this. Okay.
0: By the way, why we're doing that is the, Did you want to go ahead and share the username you were able to get? Is that Fluffy Bunny twenty three or did you go with like <laughs> Sexy Boy eighty five? I can't remember. I which honestly one you don't remember prefer. what I got.
1: Let me let me find out. Um, no, mine is. Oh, I did get Alan Jackson. I got Alan Jackson. Okay, yeah, this is where it gets confusing. All oh, right. Yes,
0: yeah, that's the part we gotta talk about. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So Mastodon is. Um, the way it works is when you sign up on Mastodon with a new account, it, it kind of throws you a question that a lot of people are tripping up over. It asks you to choose a server that you want to have your account located on. Now, if you're a typical Facebook, Twitter user, that means nothing to you. That, that's foreign concept. But what the idea is that because this is a decentralized social network, there are servers set up at different places around the world that are part of this Mastodon networks. You have to choose one of those servers to have your account on. You can choose any of them. And in theory, they all work basically the same. And you're still able to follow people from other servers or see posts from other servers. But but each server community has its own guidelines and rules. So they can kind of self-moderate themselves in case there's any users that they feel like are putting out inappropriate content or anything else. It's very confusing. And that's what people are tripping up on. And this is why it has not, I don't think, exploded. Because if it wasn't for that whole setup process and choosing this whole server thing, I actually think functionality-wise and the way it looks and operates, it's it's almost identical to Twitter and it seems to work okay. So here I am looking. the New York times appears to be the only thing I'm following <laughs> that actually put anything yep. up here. So right now my feed is just New York times post. But as you can see, the posts all look very much like Twitter. It's uh, you know, you got your, you got your headlines, you got your links and you got people who reply to it and make comments about it. You can reply, you can retweet it. You can start not retweet, whatever they call it. Oh, they call it toots. <laughs> That's the, no, Seriously. This is the other reason why I'm afraid Mastodon may not be the ultimate prime um, time here. Yeah, prime time choice for us because they call them toots. Tweets. When you and toots.
0: Hmm.
1: when you hmm. post up something, it's a toot, and when you're resharing something, it's I don't know if it's retooting or just tooting in general. Tooting again, yeah. Anyway, that I'm not crazy about. <laughs> but it works very much the same way. You follow people that you want to follow. I've got four follower people I'm following right now. Actually, there's more of them. It says six. I don't know why it only shows four. Hmm. Um, Supposedly, you, you know, you take your posts and people can like them and share them and follow them just like Twitter. The whole key, again, is just going to be, are there people here that you're interested in following right. and sharing things with? Right. Uh, and then can you get past that technical hurdle of the whole choosing a server. Honestly, I saw that question. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do here. Nope. And I exactly read through the servers I mean. and none yep. of them sounded like ones that are really like ideal for me. I'm like, I don't know where everybody's going to be. I don't know which yep. one I should be on. So that whole setup process was very uh, troubling. And It's actually kind of funny. Um, there's been a I just want to share this really quick because I think it's funny. Um, there was a couple memes that are coming out about about this whole setup process on Mastodon. And uh, yeah, here it is. This is a, a photograph of what it looks like logging on Mastodon. It's just this yeah. giant mass of computers and wires. I don't think it's,
0: it's yep. kind of funny. That's, it, what that's the way it felt feels. like, yep, yeah, it is. exactly. Yep. So um, that is Mastodon. Yeah, Alan, real quick. So let's just make sure we clarify. The, uh, just so people know, no matter which one of those servers you sign up on, you can still follow people on the other servers. So that's that where is, I'm, it, I'll admit yeah. it's a
1: little hazy. Okay. Yeah. Everything but I'm you reading. Can. Okay. You can. You can. Here's yes. the question. Isn't there there's some trick or thing you're supposed to be able to do if you put up a post And you want your post to be seen by anybody on any of the servers.
0: I don't don't know.
1: Somewhere I've read that it's not as simple as just you click make a post and you post and everybody on the entire Mastodon network sees it. You have to do something in order for other server communities to also see your post.
0: Yeah. And that's what I was going to jump in. The other issue is search does not work that effectively across those from what I understand. Like you can't, you know, on, on Twitter, you can go in and say, oh, you know what? um let me look up nbc you know and nbc.com right those a lot of those things aren't coming through because one you know there's not as many people on it yet so finding them out and i don't think the search feature is is ready for prime time either i don't know if it goes across those those individual servers um i don't think it does but I think the key is if you start knowing things people to follow on other servers, I think you can do that. You can get to those. But you're right. I, there's there's some element there that you just got to keep in mind that well, it, it would be good for people to be aware that if they could get past that initial piece, get themselves a username. I think that's one of the really nice parts is that because your your username is going to be whatever you get at that thing, or it's got the you know it's got the server as a part of mm. it so technically there's more of those people right that actually can have the the main name because they're all on different servers um so i don't know there's well, some, like for example mine piece. mine
1: here's at alan jackson and then it has at c.im that is the server right. i chose Which to B be server.
0: on so that Which means again, it probably could be at an alan.jackson at the other server yep. right or absolutely. other servers
1: And when they show you the list of servers, I mean, it's it's the kind of cryptic details of each one. Like one says, okay, here's one in Hungary that's kind of talking a lot more about technology. And here's another one in another country that deals with this. There's not like a server that just says, hey, this is for... English-speaking people <laughs> that, that, that want right. to communicate. I mean, there's just right. not one that broad and simple. So I kind of had to guess at one and say, well, here's what it says, United States in it. And it seems to be a little more general in its description. I guess I'll choose that one. I don't know. I kind of wonder, like, did I make the right choice? I, I don't know if there's a penalty to, like, having chosen one that's not the best fit. Again, I understand why they're doing this whole server multiple servers thing, because again, no one company is owning all this. So now you're disseminating all of this network across multiple servers. I just think if they're really wanting to open this up to a lot of end users, they're going to have to come up with a simpler onboarding process for people. That's not going to trip them up. Cause I guarantee a lot of people will read that first question. That first setup question be like, Oh, I'm out. This is not, yeah. this is not where I want to be. So.
0: Yeah. And Alan, to read me really quickly, your, Username again. So, it's Alan Jackson, all one word?
1: It is Alan Jackson, all one word.
0: Okay. Yep. Alan Jackson so I, I, at C.im. Okay. So, I I am on as well. Okay. okay. So, just so you know, I went to a search. I typed in Alan Jackson, all one word. Nothing shows up. I did the at C.im. Then you show up. So you actually have to know someone's entire bit, right? Which is a problem.
1: That's that starts to get very problematic, I think.
0: Yep. Yep. So I just Um, followed, and you can see maybe see if that shows up and how well that system works. Can you see? You just followed me. Yeah. Can you see who's following you now?
1: I can Yep. I see you're on there. So you're on the Linux pizza server. Is that where you
0: are? I think so. Yep. Yeah, that's what it I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't, couldn't remember which one again. I don't know. I mean, there's I... a problem. Yeah. There's, there's some major problems here to kind of get past. Right. But here's the thing. If you had a network of people that wanted a place for them to, for, to share their ideas, not to be bombarded by ads and things like that. And you all jumped on and you all kind of started a network where one person, followed another person who followed another person. And then all of a sudden you can see then how to connect, which is of course the way initially Twitter was, how do I know how to follow? Well, I can see who someone else is following and it became kind of this, um, you know, growing thing. But, but I think the the names are what really is a problem, right? I should be able to type in Alan Jackson and it should be able to see it if you're on there. But see, here's
1: my, here's my belief on this. I think that mastodon has been around for a few years my understanding i think it's probably worked fine for the smaller network of people that they've kind of built this for now that they're trying to pitch this or people are pitching it as a twitter alternative these are where some of these barriers have to be resolved yeah. before anything can happen yeah. with that yeah. i mean once i'm in it you know granted i'm only following five or f- four or five people right uh you know it works fine i mean i like it and i do like the idea that it's not owned by a company so i don't have to worry about lot of corporate interest trying to push things on me or, or other people kind of taking control of, of moderation around me. So I do like that. So I'm, I'm cheering for it. I just, it's really got to work on its onboarding experience for new users. Otherwise it's just not going to get people on board. So Right, So that's Mastodon. That is one that's probably gotten the most attention right now as an alternative. There are two others. Not going to spend as much time on these, but just to make you guys aware that they are out there. Uh, One of them is called Counter Social. And I'll go ahead and show you. I tried to pull up Counter Social right before the show began. And this is what I get. Uh, We're sorry, but something went wrong on our end. So I don't Mm. know if me teasing that I was going to talk about this caused so many people to flood (laughs)
0: mass panic across the the network. And maybe that's
1: what it is, but let me see if I can restart it and see if it works now. Nope. Still not working. Mm. Um, So counter-social is another one. I'll just say that counter-social, the reason for it to exist is it kind of is positioning itself as what it calls as a next generation social network. It's quotes are, it says, there's no trolls, no abuse, no ads, no fake news, and no foreign influence operations. And it promises not to mine or sell any user data. Otherwise, it looks and acts like Twitter when it's working and doesn't have yeah, this little gorilla. I was going to say, it like also looks message. like it has
0: no content. So maybe that's going <laughs> right? that to make that happen. <laughs>
1: um, there is a web version of CounterSocial where there is not one for Mastodon. Mastodon is mobile only. Uh counter social, you can view on the web just like you can Twitter. So um, that is one. Uh, let me put that up there so people at least have the name. Um, let me put that up there. Hold on. That is counter.social. All right. So that is the one with the dead um, gorilla you're seeing on the screen right now is counter.social. But again, there is a web client for it. Let me bring that up. Like uh, a, desktop, share a desktop? Yeah. Desktop yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, you can do a desktop.
1: Uh, let's see. I'll stop sharing that and I'll share the window here. Yeah, so here's the desktop version for counter social. And um you can see it's it's yeah, I don't really know what it's talking about. Honestly, there's a lot, it, it's, it's got a lot going on right here. So
0: we'll slide back up and let's at least look at the, the little screenshot of what it looks like. Okay. So, well this is the desktop version
1: where you can have multiple streams up at one right. time, which is right. very
0: crazy looking. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: if you want to look at the mobile version that appears to it here.
0: Yep. Yeah. So you're going to see probably similar, similar interface, right? Everything's kind of listed out in list mode and, probably have the way to respond to them and, you know, so it's going to be, yeah. But the fact that it's been
1: down for the last couple of years and uh, I don't hear anybody really using it yet, but I do know it's kind of batted around as another option. Counter.social on the web is where you can find this and a link to the mobile app. So let me show the last one. And this is one I have tried and played around with a little bit. It's called tribal. Mm -hmm. And let me bring that one up. All right. Tribal. So tribal. Yes, it is Twitter alternative, although it reminds me a little bit more of Facebook just from the way it looks and feels. I feel it's Mm -hmm. a little more Facebooky than it is Twitter, but again, it's an alternative of social media network. And let me, bring up the graphic on that should have had these done in advance i'm sorry I, I bragged about how i was so prepared for this episode but yet i'm
0: maybe next time six months Prep instead of five what do you think
1: I probably need seven now okay this is tribal mm-hmm. uh tribal the way they pitch this network is um it's all about customizing your news feed you have complete control over what you're able to see content wise they wanna make sure that you're able to control the type of content you're seeing and you don't see any content you don't wanna see. But they also say that when you create content on Tribal, you can really select a target audience that you wanna to try to grow engagement with with your post. So in other words, if you make a post about a topic, you have some control over kind of choosing a target audience to make sure it gets pushed to. Instead of it just being a free for all, you put up a post and anybody in the world sees it with equal amount. Mm-hmm. Um, it lets you find topic experts quickly gets an opportunity. You can have an opportunity to become a quote star contributor based on the quality of post and numbers of likes that you get. And again, just like uh, counter social tries to say they are quote bigotry free. Again, I think it's just very hard to say that that is the case when you right. probably don't have, but a couple million people tops on here. If even that, um, you get up to the point where it's double digit millions then start talking and see if we can still keep it under control. Right. Right. But this is tribal. Again, it works very much the same way. The reason I say it's a little more like Facebook is that you have your messages down here along the bottom. You've got your profile to set up. Uh, You have your notifications. You got more menu options. Um, You can go up and see what your friends are saying, which I have no friends at the moment. Uh, you can go and see the people you're following, which there's no post on anybody I'm following at the moment. Uh, anything that's breaking news, kind of like uh, what's uh, newsworthy stuff. Um, so of course right now it's a lot of election stuff going up there and some yep. sports. And then you got a trending tab just like Twitter does about kind of what's trending at the moment. So I mean, sure. I, I think, you know, I can't speak for counter counter social because that's not working right now, but of the other two tribal and Mastodon, I mean, I think there's something there. I think they could work great. It's just going to depend on where do they get the numbers? Do they get the number of people where you can build a social network that's meaningful for you? Right. Um, I'll say with Twitter, Brian, I, I'm pretty pleased with the way I use Twitter and I don't quite get the, Negativity that a lot of people seem to get from Twitter because my feed is pretty well curated. I mean, I follow a lot of news sources. I follow a lot of uh, follow a lot of journalists I trust. I follow a lot of authors and writers I trust. Um, and you know, granted, yes, some stuff gets shared and reshared that I don't agree with or like or want to see. But for the most part, my, the stuff I see in Twitter is pretty good. But the only re- reason it works for me. It's because it's got the numbers and i'll be able to spend time curating it until any one of these networks get to that kind of level of user engagement it's going to be really tough to say if any of these are truly a good alternative for twitter
0: yeah and especially uh, most of these are you know the big tagline is going to be this is a place where we don't censor you or this is a place where i mean this one here you can decide what you see and and there's a there's a very big discussion that we can have we won't have here, but about um, is that really the best way that social media should be you know presented? Right? Do mm-hmm. we want echo chambers where you're just deciding to hear from people that are like you, or sure. do you want places where the you know the real information or the 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 information. Is, is given to you in maybe an unfiltered way. <clears throat> but yet when we do that, we get very frustrated because we see people that we don't want to hear from. I mean, so there's, there's a real issue I think with social media still that is um, that is a, a problem that has to be figured out as to, you know, here, I'm getting on this particular thing for this particular reason. And, you know, if this is where I want to get my news and I want to use it as news and use it as kind of people Talking about the things I care about, <clears throat> there should almost be a, a limit as to what we can control there. But I, you know, I think I think you're right. We all of these are going to say great things, and it's very easy to control when you have very few users. When you get a lot of yeah. users, and you get people using it for the wrong reason, so you know, yeah. I I, I uh, make the uh, kind of draw the draw the connection back to you when we talked about um, selling selling online. Mm-hmm. And we said hey listen craigslist was great until the scammers got involved and realized that yeah. everybody was there right facebook marketplace was great <laughs> until the scammers started to realize that's where everybody is and i could use it for a different reason twitter is great until people realize that's the way they can shove things down your yeah. face and you know potentially um you know spread things that aren't true and and start to to take advantage of that so that's the problem with social elements like this is that, you know, they're great until there's nefarious actions with them. Right. So,
1: and unfortunately you don't always know if that's going to be the case until you've gotten kind of deep into it and been using it for a while. So, um, right. Well, those are alternatives out there. I guarantee you with everything Twitter's going through drama wise, there'll probably be another one or two that try to pop up
0: uh, in short term as
1: well. That are just going to try to mimic what Twitter is doing, but to cater to those people who don't want to deal with Twitter anymore as a, as a yeah. business or as a company. Um, I'm still watching. I'm happy. I went ahead and grabbed my space in all three of these just to say I'm there. I'm just going to kind of listen to the tea leaves and see the big thing is going to be for me when I hear that a lot of people I follow on Twitter start saying I'm moving over to this or I'm going to start putting a lot of my content on here. That's going to start to be my key of saying, okay, that's maybe when yep. I start to tiptoe over there. And so far, that hasn't happened yet. So, yep. um, yeah. All right. Well, that is uh, some alternatives on social media. So, people who are a little wary on Twitter, love the idea of Twitter, love the functionality, but just not happy with where the company may be going or what they think the future of Twitter is, you have some options uh, to look at. Again, yep. just don't expect a lot out of them yet. This is slow going. Twitter was slow going when it first started up. I remember the yep. early days of Twitter. Um, it was pretty much all tech journalists. <laughs> so that was pretty much all I ever saw when I signed up for Twitter is tech journalists, people talking about technology. That's the only people I saw. That's the only people I followed. And uh, it just took some time before, you know, you get such high percentage of the population on there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, That's social media stuff. Okay. Um, what are we going to talk about next? We want to talk about. Uh, we we'll talk about Mac OS. Thirteen.
0: Yeah, you're you're going to have to. You're going to have to run this one too. I do. I do not have this on my computer. My university has not released that as a. You know, safe, safe uh, thing to download and use yet. They're still beta, They're still da- uh, testing it. But you're. Well, I welcome I am not to jump into that. I am not. I am not
1: restrained by the man. I am able to go and do my own thing here on my computer. Uh my very old your slow like old laptop <laughs> computer. Um you know what? I you can do anything
0: upgrade. that your laptop will allow you to do. Alan. that's And I was afraid it. that
1: it might not allow me to even upgrade because it's just uh yeah. Even right. today it, yep. it it bogged down to a crawl and just shut itself <laughs> off. Right in the middle of me
0: working on stuff like, yeah, like I'm done. Nope. I'm taking time off. No,
1: I'm right done taking that. a break. So uh, I did upgrade to OS 13 Ventura, the latest Mac operating system. As we've talked about, Brian, as much as you know, we use our iPhones and we like the iOS updates, the Mac updates are always the ones that get me a little more excited because
0: I am with you. Yep.
1: I still yep. spend 75% of my computing life is still on a, a computer, I feel like. Um, so I really want that to always be the best experience I can get. So the latest macro operating system, I'm going to bring up just Apple's little splash page about some of the features. And I'm, I've got a quick hit list of just some notes on these features that they really tell with okay. this. The first thing I'll just go in now, people ask me all the time, should I upgrade? If my Mac is capable of running Mac OS 13 Ventura, should I upgrade? So far, my answer has been No. I do not think there's a critical need to upgrade if you you unless there is a one particular feature that I'm about to read that is really important to you. Okay. Otherwise, so you're saying
0: no because of lack of reason, not necessarily no because it will hurt your machine.
1: Oh, no, no. Very good okay. point. No, I'm not saying no, don't do it because it's going to crash your machine or anything. Okay. It's fine. It's stable. I have not had yep. any issues with it and using it and i don't think i've heard there has been a bug with a i think a wi-fi bug that's been floating around that some people are affected by they apple put out a patch today actually that's supposed to fix that it's like 16.1.1 that came out today but other than that i haven't heard of any showstopper bugs or issues now my reason for saying i don't think there's a need to upgrade is i just don't think most users will even notice anything different um the interface is unchained unchanged looks identical to how it did before um there's no real cosmetic changes nothing changes dramatically the way you would use your mac at all i mean actually barely at all um there are a a list of certain core features though that they really tout in this update if any of these features are really important to you and something that you would use and need for your own productive life then yes that's probably a reason enough to go ahead and upgrade but mm-hmm. unless any if none of these features are ones you say I I just don't I don't need any of those, I don't really see myself using them. There's no rush to go out and upgrade. There's no real hard need to do it. Um that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. So for example, some of the features we've got. I'll go ahead and say this one right off the bat mail. I, I have not worked with mail on Ventura. Brian, I made the switch back once again Ooh. to Spark. Oh, um, about a month ago. Ooh, do
0: tell. OK,
1: um, because Spark released a brand new desktop and mobile version. I think Spark 3. OK, which on mobile I really like on desktop. It's got some bugs, but I'm still using it. I've actually okay. got both Spark 2 and Spark 3 loaded and running on my desktop <laughs> because just in case Spark, I like Spark 3, the newest version of Spark so much, but it crashes ah. all the time. And people are complaining about it online, so I know it's not just me. Uh, Spark 2 will not crash. So if I'm writing a long email to somebody, <laughs> I'll open it in Spark 2 to make sure I can finish it instead of opening it in Spark 3 and it, and it crashing on me in the middle That's of the day. commitment. So, um, that
0: is commitment. That's a tech – that's a brothers in tech commitment right there. Very <laughs>
1: that nice. is a productivity tip for you <laughs> if you are concerned about – any bugs just have multiple versions of multiple the same versions. application opened yep. on your computer yeah just right. in
0: case yeah
1: so mail i cannot i cannot speak okay. to but i will say that the one thing i know we learned about mail that i was a little disappointed by is it it does have the undo send where you can say yep. I want to undo it i want to pull that back within the first minute or two after you send it and you can schedule when things are sent, which is a pretty typical feature for a lot of mail clients. So it's just now coming to Mac mail. You can tag something follow up, meaning, Hey, remind me about this, or I want to see if I, if they followed up on this within a week and it will notify you, Hey, this email has not been responded to, and you asked me to follow up on it. So it lets you know about those. But if you notice, one thing they don't play up is that whole idea of, um, remind me later. Right which is basically right. like snooze. I want to snooze an email. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't really work the same way that we all wanted it to work, or at least I wanted it to work. So once I found that out, I kind of lost interest in using the new Mac mail. So I, I can't speak to the Mac mail yet. Okay, That's the one feature I haven't played with yet. Um, here's the thing that I did not realize was going to be so important or nice in Ventura that I really love. We talked about Spotlight, or at least I did from a productivity standpoint a few uh, weeks ago, how much I use spotlight to find things on my computer to open up applications or anything else. Well now in Ventura, you, it does have an image search built into spotlight. So if I wanted to search for images anywhere on my computer, hmm. just like you could on Google, where you could do a Google search based on text. If I type in dog, I want to look for a picture. It'll bring up photos of dogs that are on my computer, either oh, in my photo library or any web images I've downloaded or web pages I've got bookmarked, it'll find images on those. That's really nice. I've already Mm -hmm. used that several times just in the last week. Also in Spotlight, there can be some quick actions. So for example, this gives an example, you could type into Spotlight your search bar and say clock and it can automatically open up your clock, but you could say start timer and it will automatically trigger kind of the clock to open and be ready to go on the start timer uh, button. So just some little shortcut, little quick actions you can do from that same Spotlight. This is all making it so much more important for me to keep using Spotlight as my way of opening and finding things all throughout my computer. I tell you, Spotlight's open probably a dozen times a day for me, at least, if not more than that. So,
0: Well, it's now open about one time a day for me. You've gotten me okay. to at least move to trying it. And uh, you're there. exactly right. I just have to train myself to open it. To use that method because it is really slick. Yep. Yeah. Good.
1: Um, messages, I have played with a little bit. Message upgrades on Ventura. This is where you can um, choose to edit a message after you've sent yep. it. Uh, you can unsend one that you uh, didn't mean to send. And like you talked about on a productivity, we can now mark something as uh, so nice. unread yep. Yep. to remind us, just like we could on iOS 16 that we talked about uh, in your productivity mm-hmm. tip. We can now do on the Mac version as well. There's a couple of other things with that. All right. The iCloud shared photo library. Let me, let me mention this just for a minute. Cause I do think this is kind of important, Brian. Um, and actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up my phone to kind of show this because even though I know it's on the Mac Ventura uh, functionality, I can show you on this, this, the phone a little bit easier. So the iCloud shared photo library, you can always have shared libraries on, on your photos app and on the Mac or on iOS you get a library and you say this, I want to share this with these people. The difference with this is that if you create an iCloud shared photo library, you're creating an online photo library that you're able to invite others to be a part of, like your family members or close friends. And then everybody that's a part of it, when you are creating new photos, like for example, in your camera app, you can actually say in your camera app, do I want automatically any photos I take right now to automatically go and be put in that shared family library, or I don't want them to be staying in my own personal library. And so then when you're on your Mac, um, let me see if I can share the show this. Oh yeah. Hmm. That's weird. Okay. Well, maybe that's not working the way I think. Oh yeah. No, here it is. Great. All right. Let me share this instead. Um, So when you do your iCloud, your family, your iCloud, iCloud shared library, that's what I need to say on your Mac. So this is my library, but if you notice now, I've got a tab up here at the top. And I can choose, and granted, you don't see the pop-up on the sharing screen. But when I click it, it gives me a pop-up that says, do I wanna look at photos from my shared library, my personal library, or both libraries, okay? So right now I'm looking at just my shared library. These are photos I put into my iCloud shared library that my other family members now have access to. On my phone, if I'm taking photos on my camera, I can say, you know what? By default, go ahead and send everything I'm taking right now to the shared library. And then when I'm in my Mac, I can be choosing to see my entire personal library, which is all of my photos, or I can see just my shared library. Hmm. And it's easy for me to go in and say on my personal library, I want to take it a photo and I want to add it to the shared library. I've got a pop-up menu that just popped up on one of my photos and one of the options is move one photo to your shared library. So I can do that. It doesn't, it's still whoever starts the iCloud shared library is kind of where all the storage is sitting with. So me, my iCloud account is what's storing that shared library. So I'm responsible for that. But the good news is that everybody I've shared it with, they don't have to even be on my same iCloud family account. They can be anybody, but I'm responsible for the storage of those photos on my own space, on my own iCloud space. So,
0: so if it, i it, add it, so if, if i added something to a group that you had created for you and i then it starts to store it on your icloud
1: if you put it just on the shared library yes yeah. if you put it on my icloud account now if you put it on your personal library and then said okay go ahead and add this to the shared one it can be in both places if you choose to hmm. um
0: Okay, but, so let me let me let me let me play with that for just a second. So, sure. let, so if you, Alan, had a huge iCloud storage account, I did not. You shared it with me, and said, "Let's use this together." I change my camera to always store to that shared library. It means I can maximize your storage and not have to have it.
1: That's my understanding. Yeah. Hmm. And it says that the, whoever set up the shared library is kind of where any storage requirements and storage uses stay with. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there, there could be some family members or friends who don't even have their own personal library. They just put everything on a shared library. Like, yeah. like right now, if my family, we go on a trip, I tell everybody, hey, look, as we're taking photos, just go ahead and have them go right to the shared photo li- family library. Right. So right. we all get them. We don't have to worry about uploading them later and all that. So then um, we have a, a dynamically growing photo library between the four of us um, that is sitting in the shared library that I can so easily toggle between, which is what I like within the photos app now, going between my personal, which has 41,000 photos, or my new shared library where I just have the 17 photos I've added earlier today. So
0: So I would so Alan, walk me through again because uh, if I'm taking a picture on my phone now, with the new software um, and I can toggle where I want it to go. If I just pull my camera out and take a picture, is it automatically going to a default place or is it going to ask me every time, I'll, Hey, where wait, do you want to put this?
1: I'll tell you what I'll show you.
0: Please do. Uh, yeah. Cause this, this I would say can be dangerous if it doesn't okay. act the way I'm hoping it's going to act. All right. So. If
1: I go to my uh, camera app, right. Yep. Okay. You see up in the top, there's now a new little icon. It's uh, next to the flash. It's got yep. two people in it and it's got a line through it. Okay. That is saying right now that if I take a photo, it's going into my personal library only.
0: So it says not going to the group. If I click it, okay.
1: now it says I'm going into shared library. Okay. So now mm-hmm. any photo I take with that little icon lit up is going into the shared library automatically. Now, if I leave it there, and turn off my phone or yep. my uh, camera and go back, it's kept that same setting.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: So unless you go and physically tell it to stop and to go back to your personal library.
0: And that's not a setting. I can't go in and say always default to my personal and only if I set it up the other way. Can you do that?
1: Well, when in doubt, Brian, let's you look at us look. So here's where I set up the shared library in my Mm -hmm. preferences, my settings, shared library, and I chose the people to add to it. Um, And I say, do I want to have shared library suggestions? Yes, I turn that on. Do I want to have sharing from my camera? Yes, I do. But there does not appear to be. Okay. And there's a shared automatically or share manually setting. So if I say share automatically, then every time I take a photo, it's going to go to my shared library no matter what. Yeah, I say share man- manually. That's when I have to toggle that little switch at the top. But now, I also have an option to it's say so, share when I'm it's remembering. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's it remembering. also says there is, the
1: problem. there is one option that says when you're at home. If I want to make sure I'm sharing photos anytime I'm at home, so in other words, um, if I take a photo and my I'm noticed I'm at my home, it's automatically going to add it to shared library if I toggle that last switch on. So it's not granular. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of flexibility on it. You do have to be aware of it, but yes, it's very possible. You could be taking photos and not realize that you're sending it to a shared library available to all your family and friends. So
0: that <laughs> is a problem, right? That is could a problem. Be. And I'm thinking, you know, if you're someone say you're a younger person that, you know, <laughs> your mom and dad wants to have a family, you know, family, uh, album, you take one for the family album and then you don't think about it. And then you pull it out to take something stupid. Um, <laughs> it's automatically going there, right? It sounds like um, it's Mm -hmm. remembering, I guess. It's kind of like a printer option. It's your last used printer setting, right? It's going to stay there. So I do wish wish there was a way that you could go and say, like, safety mode, which is every time I click a picture, I want it to come up and quickly say, do you want this to go anywhere else other than this? You know, like, I want that. That's the way I like to take pictures. Like, I would like to click it and then tell me, where do you want to share it? Oh, cool. This just like screenshots are, right? Screenshots well, now are like you take a screenshot and it says, Hey, how do you want to use this? Or oh, do you want to delete it now? Great. Yeah. I want that kind of
1: or even know, if it's just a default setting. Say always by default when I open up my camera, set it to this. Yeah. And then yeah. I have to manually go and change it.
0: Yes. If I want to. Yeah. 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 It's like I always can be that. safe. Always see, be safe. I
1: don't <laughs> ever take anything that I'm embarrassed by. So I don't really oh, care. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a good boy. <laughs> I I don't take anything that I'm embarrassed by. So so that's the iCloud shared library. I do like it. I think it is early. It's a 1.0 version of this. There's probably some more functions and options that need to roll out for addressing those needs. But I love it because right away, the idea of having to share photos from my library with my family was always kind of a challenge to do. I felt like we got multiple copies of the same photos between all yeah. of us around. This is the way to really consolidate it a lot more, make it simpler. So,
0: uh, okay, the last suggestions thing piece real quick. The, mm-hmm. What does the suggestion mean? What did that mean of like suggested albums when you were showing that? That just means no suggested photo. Someone. Oh, sorry. I it's think it, I it it looks photos, at
1: photos it. and it tries to give you suggestions and say, Hey, did you want to put these on the shared family okay. library or photo library or not? Because I knew there was like if it to sees.
0: It was supposed to be a feature that was, if you and I were friends, we happened to be at the same party together and that it would be able to say, Hey, do you guys want to all create a, you know, it'll automatically say, by the way, people are taking pictures of the same party. Do you want to share Mm -hmm. since they're buddies of yours?
1: I don't know if it does it automatically or not, but now you can say, look, I want to share some photos from these moments together. Okay. And you choose other people to do it with. And then all of you can kind of, Take photos at the same event, and they all kind of funnel into a shared pot of photos you can all look at. So, yeah. got it. A lot more sharing functionality has rolled into the Mac OS uh, Photos on this version. So, now um, I know we're already we're already running <laughs> long, but <laughs> surprise, um, surprise. yeah, really. Stage manager, I do want to mention this just for a second. So stage manager, uh, as we talked about weeks ago or months ago when when the uh, OS was a- announced, this is meant to be a new way of interacting with your Mac computer. Now they've downplayed this a lot. They delayed it and uh, they don't make it as easy to turn on. I think because they got a lot of bad user feedback from people that just didn't really enjoy using it, didn't find it to be very helpful. But I did try it, Brian, and uh, I did turn it on and play with it for a little while. Um, In me bringing tell. it up, I'm going to be showing you one thing that is a still my big negative on Ventura, which is the system settings. Hmm. I am still struggling with this. I'm not having a good time with these, uh, the way they've laid out system settings now, but, To get to stage manager, I had to do a search for it, even find out where you turn it on. And it's in the desktop and dock setting. And there is a stage manager option to turn on. And when you do this, um, and I'll show you what my screen looks like here. It does change your entire desktop layout. Let me see if I can show you screen two. Okay. So now this is what my desktop looks like now. Okay. You will notice over on the left hand side, it has got different windows. Those little icon windows represent different apps in groups of windows belonging to that application. So if I were to go and click on my Chrome tab, now I'm in Chrome but everything else is now moved over to the left. So I don't have any overlapping applications up at the same time. I've just got Chrome here and I can work in Chrome and do whatever I want to do. And then if I need to go back over to my settings, I'll go back over here and click on settings. And now my settings windows come up. And if I need to go to photos, I go to photos. So the idea, Hmm. the idea is supposed to be that it's managing your focus and your attention kind of on the one primary app you're working on, but you always have these other ones off to the side, that you can easily kind of go between and work with. Now, this is a dual monitor setup. So it's got the same interface on my other desktop right now that I can work with too. So it's got these little trays on the side of both the of my tr- screens. The exact same trays
0: on. are on both screens. No,
1: the ones, no, they're any different. trays for apps that are open in the other got screen okay. over there. Yeah. <laughs> so look, I can look at th- this and see that from a trying to keep you focused and not having all your windows open and everything else, I can see how this might work okay. I personally don't like the fact that it just takes up so much space over here on the side for those little tabs. And one problem I've noticed is that if your window is really big, well, it's not doing it here. Yeah, it kind of, if, I, if my oh, window is like over to the side, it actually mm-hmm. pushes them off. So I don't even know they're there until I move back over.
0: And you can't float, have them float above, or I guess you wouldn't want to, right? Because you would lose. No, I don't think that's kind of the point.
1: So look, if somebody is, is, if somebody really needs that focus to say, I want to have one type of application up at a time, I just want to focus on what I'm working on, but I want to quickly be able to toggle between the others. And then, yes, this is something you could play with. But I I tried using it for a while just to use it during the day, just to see if it made any impact on how I worked. And uh, it's not for me but it could be for some other people. I think the fact that Apple hid this setting so deep into their system settings, that you had to turn on uh, with one little toggle button, it's definitely not on by default. So don't worry if you upgrade to Ventura, it's not like it's gonna change to the stage manager view. You have to go very intentionally and choose this to do. And for the customization, uh, there's not
0: a lot there. Um, So, so is it really the, the biggest, the biggest difference between it and the doc, for example, mm-hmm. is that you can actually have groups of apps over there together <clears throat> as opposed to, yeah, it one groups, app, everything together. Forward.
1: Yeah. It, you kind of see it like in a pile, almost like, a, this mm-hmm. is everything with Chrome. This is everything with Microsoft word. It's kind of all in yeah. one group. And then when you click on it, it just kind of swings it back out into the window placement. You had it in before, um, as opposed to the dock, where the dock is good for minimizing things, but you still got to go and manually bring up each individual icon or each individual file you're working on. Um, yeah, it's another one. I mean, Mac has rolled out probably four or five of these interface yeah. ideas that just have never caught on for me. I know some people live and, and die by them, but I, I just can't spaces. Um, what launch launch, launch pad, um, yeah, <clears throat> a couple others. And now we got mm-hmm. stage manager. So, um, not quite working for me, but it okay. is there. That was something that was touted as kind of a big feature when they were really promoting Ventura initially, but they've really downplayed it since then. I think because of that, all right, Brian, let me wrap this up. I, I know we're going on here. Uh, last thing I'll mention, I don't need to talk about FaceTime, the continuity camera. Um, yeah this is something I talked about. It's probably the most, the feature I was most looking forward to the idea of taking your phone and letting it act as a webcam, a much better webcam than what your built in laptop webcam. Or if you're on a Mac that does like a Mac mini or Mac studio and you don't have a webcam, this will act as your webcam for you. Um, It's great when it works. I have had a hard time getting it to work. Um, the idea is supposed to be that you just take your phone and as long as you have it near your Mac and your Mac is running Ventura and your phone is running the latest iOS version and you turn your phone to the landscape mm-hmm. mode, when you've got an app open that, ne- that uses webcams, it's supposed to automatically turn into a webcam for your camera. Um, again, I've tried this. Like right now I'm in QuickTime time player and I'm doing a new movie recording. So I've got the camera pulling up. Okay. And now it's letting me see my, my phone camera as a camera, which is good. Okay. So now let's see if I can do this here on, on Chrome and show you what it looks like, Brian. Yep. Here we go. So I'm switching over. I like this
0: view a lot better. I mean, this actually works really, really nicely, um, not having you on here at all. That's just, I'm, if that's what this camera is supposed to do, that was fantastic. No,
1: Did that work pretty good? You like that? <laughs>
0: yeah, that. You know what? I thought the, the show just worked so much cleaner for those five or six seconds yeah. with you gone. Um, yeah. Well, so it's a little
1: problematic, as you can probably see. Yeah, there's some bugs here. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so it's connected. I heard it connect, right? So it was just, it's just not able to pull it up
1: easily. Yeah, Chrome is not wanting me to do it. This is a, a, a problem I'm seeing with this continuity camera. That's very kind of touch and go when it works or doesn't work. So now I'm just trying to figure out how to get my own camera back on. Okay, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But that's the concept. Again, wasn't a great demo, I realized. But again, that's reality. That's what's happening. Yeah. I'm doing exactly what the instructions are, and it's just not following it. So be mindful that not every app you try to use this with as a webcam may may work with it. Uh, obviously, FaceTime, it's going to work pretty good for you if you, use yeah. it, if you have it as a FaceTime camera. We're using FaceTime. You need a webcam for it. Zoom, I haven't tried it with, but I would hope Zoom would work pretty well with it. Um, this service we're using to do this podcast obviously did not want to interact with it the right way. So, but I will tell you the camera looks good. I mean, it's a good looking camera when you can use your iPhone camera as your webcam.
0: Yeah. It's very nice. I don't think people realize how nice the camera is on there when you're comparing it to a computer camera or, although the the new, the new cameras, uh, with our MacBook pros are pretty good, but they're not as good as the, the, uh, the phone. So
1: Yeah so that is that is a uh, iOS ventura again the features I just listed out for you if any of those are ones you say yes I need that that is something that would help my life I want it i I would enjoy that feature then you're good to upgrade I mean go ahead and upgrade um, it's not going to hurt um, it, but it, and it will give you some of those features you're looking for however if uh, none of those features really were standouts for you or things that you needed and you're not itching to upgrade. There's no other real valid reason I don't feel like to upgrade right now. Um, Obviously, if you'd like to stay in the latest and greatest version of your operating system, that's great. But again, I just have not found anything really that's made me say, yes, this was a worthwhile upgrade at this point. Uh, Continuity camera's nice when it works. Um, I do like the spotlight enhancements that were put in. Um, Don't think stage managers something I'm going to use. I do like the iCloud shared photo library. Um, so yeah, it's a mixed bag, but I mean, I think overall, if you like the features that were listed, great. If not, there's no rush on, on upgrading. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to make a difference in your a major change in your life.
0: So. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and just give you my thoughts that I, I will upgrade as soon as I'm giving freedom to do it, just because I mm-hmm. like to, to see new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that I'm, interested in it's kind of simple is the uh being able to to keep messages new because i'm trying to train myself to do it or remember to do it on my phone but yet i spend so much time my my computer also with those messages it seems like that's going to be problematic if i'm not able to do it there and you know am able to do it on my phone and having to remember oh actually i need to go make it new on my phone is the only place i can do it so that i'm looking forward to the rest of it I'll play with and uh you know we'll see how it goes. But
1: okay. Yeah, that's good. Fair enough. I mean, I think that's the right approach to take. Let's see. Um I tell you what, Brian, um I'm 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 gonna talk about the NAS on another day, cool. another episode. Because there's one more kind of functionality I want to test out with it before I give a full kind of overview of everything I'm doing with it. So we'll table that in the essence of time. I'll talk about the home NAS uh, network attached storage device a little bit more in detail next time we get together. Sounds good. Okay. Cool. Yep. Why don't we go ahead and let's do a, let's, let's clap off the show here with a bits uh, from each of us. If we can, if we got time for that, Um, I think we can squeeze it out here in a little bit. But again, the bits is where Brian and I both give a suggestion or recommendation of something that we are either using now or just started using or have that we feel like is worth recommending to others uh, as a piece of technology. So, um, Whoop, oh, hey, sorry. You go? Wrong button. Wrong button. I like <laughs> that view as well. That worked out pretty good for me too. <laughs> you want to go first?
0: Yep. Yep. Let me go first. Um, so mine, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat somewhat. Um, okay. In that, I'm actually not giving, I'm not giving a new suggestion, but I'm bringing up a suggestion I've already given because I remember you very clearly saying. I want to see if you're still using this in a few weeks, right? So this is is the uh, time, right? T-Y-M-E, that uh, was the time manager or uh, time logger uh, application that I've been using. And just a reminder to people, um, this is an application that allows you to kind of keep track of time that you're spending on different projects. So you can go up to the, the menu bar and say, start time on this project and then stop time a little bit later so that it can keep track of all the time you're spending on individual projects if you wanna invoice those uh, to someone later. Um, so this is just a quick example uh, of what I have here. Um, I'll kind of show you that I've got different, uh, different tabs um, for each of the maybe categories of things I might be doing and underneath each one of them, you can have different projects. Underneath the projects, you can have actual steps of the project or stages. So, for example, there, the Synaptic is somewhere where I have two different projects going on, one of them a grant. Underneath that, there's lots of steps, things that I could be doing in that that project, consulting, preparation, research, um, so that I can tag those while I'm working. So, the way it works, super easy. Uh, I'm still using it, and I'll tell you why, that uh, that – I've remained using it um, in just a second. But the way I use it is if I start with a project, I'll go up and say, go ahead and, hey, I'm working on this right now. And then later do a quick pause, which I can do from my watch or I can do from my phone. I can say just the stop button. And therefore it's logged that I was doing that particular task at that particular time. And uh, and it seems to work pretty well. Uh, it the, the reason I think you probably wondered if I would still use it <laughs> would be, you know, am I going to remember to start time each time I'm doing something? Am Mm -hmm. I actually going to remember to go up and say, start this? I'll tell you, I probably remember about 50% of the time, but here's the beauty of this, right? Is that once I remember that I'm, yes, I'm doing this and I should be logging it. It's very easy to go up and say, instead of start time, you just say, add time entry yeah, mm-hmm. time entry. I started it an hour ago and here you go. Enter. Right. And then it carries right. on. Um, the other thing that I've learned to do, which is really, really helpful, is every day at you know, eight o'clock, I get a reminder on my screen that says, hey, by the way, do you want to start a time? Like I see you haven't started time yet. Uh, do you want to start? So it knows my workday has started and it just gives me a reminder. So I may start to put that reminder in more often. Hey, do that midday as well. Do that in the afternoon. So at least I look and say, "Oh yeah, I should log my time, or I, you know, need to start a time or something like that." Um, so that's pretty, super helpful. Uh, it, it has been great, and I can go and start, stop. Uh, here's the other thing that's super slick, Alan, is that um, so I was working the other day um, uh, and went to to lunch. Didn't didn't think to stop my time. You know, I, I'd started it on my computer, closed my computer up, went to lunch, came back, opened it up, and it says right away I'll be a message that says, uh, "Hey, you haven't had any action on this computer since this time," so it knows exactly when I stopped working on the computer, and it gives me options. It says, "Do you want to continue keeping track of time? Do you want to stop the time at that time?" and start something new or do you just want to stop the time from before so if i say oh gosh i completely forgot to stop it yes stop at that time and it you this is the last time you had an entry or last time you had action on your computer and it stops it most of the time i for lunch i'll come back and say oh stop it then but yes start a new one so it remembers the first one ended when i left for lunch and then another one is already starting and it reminds me to do that which is super nice so um wow yeah great i'm I'm still using it
1: i'm just i i'm really wrestling with when to jump into a time tracking app because i need it
0: yeah i
1: need that information i need to be diligent with that but i just it's just it's it's the whole question i asked you when you brought this up as as a bit like you said is is this something you're going to remember to use and remember to log right. appropriately, or are you going to find yourself spending more time going back and fixing entries that you should have timed it or whatever? Yeah,
0: yeah. I will say I do not do that. Yeah, I will say I do not overspend time doing that. I don't feel like I'm spending a ton of time doing that. I actually feel okay. like what I would have done to go and remind myself to stop a time is probably the same thing. I'm going to go up and say, "Hey." I actually forgot to do this last two hours. So let me just add manually, add the two hours. Uh, So I don't feel like I'm too far off. What I really love is that the next day, if I say, man, you know what? I didn't log yesterday, but it's super easy to go back and just manually enter that that's when it happened. Um, Just a reminder, you can also add location things. So I have it. So when I go to a particular company, the moment I get there, it automatically starts a timer for that company's business. So there could be certain things, Alan, where if you knew when you, mm. you know, when you go to a location to work on something tech wise, it's automatically okay. going to do it in the background, which is that
1: helpful. that becomes interesting. Then that could yep. be something. Yeah. Um,
0: so even if it's yeah, just one project that. you're using this for that, it'll all remember to to time you there. So there
1: is one project where I do have to physically go to a place yep. and I track the time I'm there. Yep. Okay. Well, then that's yep. helpful. That maybe that maybe will push me over the edge right there to get it. So yep. okay, good deal. All that's right, time. so that's it's just a T-Y-M-E. that's just a re.
0: Yeah, that's just that's kind time, of a re suggestion. Yeah. T y m e
1: dash a p p time app. Brian T-Y-M-E. is still recommending even yep. after using for a while now. So good, good, good. Yep. Um, okay. Well, mine is um, super technical and geeky, but oh shit, it helped me out. <laughs> so. Um, in the great laptop debacle of 2022, which I'm still in the midst of. I also, in, uh, and I've talked about putting in a new network storage system in my house and all. Part of the reason was I was using a drive uh, that was my time machine drive for many, many years. And I've been really concerned about how slow that drive is getting. And it just it seems like even just trying to pull anything from it or copy anything from it just takes really, really long time. And. I know I've had it for a super long time already. So I knew it was probably just getting close to the end of life. And then sure enough here in just the last few days, it died. It like just stopped working for me, but I needed to pull some backup stuff off of that drive, the actual drive on the inside of this thing. So I have an enclosure, the, the Western digital, my book live. Mm-hmm. I had to go in and rip that thing open to get the actual hard drive out. Okay. Wow. okay, because I still need to get stuff off of this. This has got the full backup of my laptop that died. <laughs> and I still need to pull some files from that back backup to put onto my, my one I'm using now. So when the enclosure that this thing was in, the actual case that this thing came in was no longer working, but I could hear the drive was working on the inside. So I felt mm-hmm. like the drive's working. It's just not connecting to my computer through that case anymore. I had to get this out. So now here comes my problem. How do I get this mounted on my computer? Okay. So let's say you've got an old hard drive yeah. from an old computer, or you've got an old laptop drive, which are much smaller, like a 2.5 inch hard drive. Any of these drives you've got, either because you want to pull something off of it that you know is on there that you need or won't, or maybe it's a drive that you want to like clean off and use for something else now. Because you know, if anybody in your household has got a a PC, like a big desktop PC for gaming or whatever, maybe they want to have a hard drive in there to, to to build off of, or who knows? Any these old uh, HDDs, these old hard disk drives, still have some some value in use. But how do you get them connected? How do you actually connect them to your computer? So that's when I got a device, and I'm going to pull up the Amazon listing for it. Um, let's see. Here we go. Okay, so this is the device I got. I'm showing it right here in the window as well. It is the Inatech USB 3.0 to IDE STAA, S-A-T-A, external hard drive reader. So what this basically is, as you can see from the photo, it is a device you plug up. It's a USB connection back to your computer, mm-hmm. and it allows you to connect drives just like you see here in that photo into one of the ports on the side of this thing, whichever compatibility you need for it. And it mounts it on your computer as, as nice. an external drive. Okay.
0: So it's using that, uh, what SATA connection or whatever that, whatever yeah. that, um uh, pen. So like, for is. example,
1: this one, this one's using a SATA connection. Yep. So here, here's the connection port for it. I'll pop it in and now it is connected to it. If I plug this drive, this cable USB into my laptop, I now see this as a drive. I can go and copy things off of it. I can go and reformat it and clean it off and make it a brand new drive for something else, whatever I want to do. If I have a laptop that has a hard drive on it that I want to get uh, stuff off of or clean off, I can hook it up to another side of this little box. Hmm. The one port that works for that works the same way. Um, granted, after I'm done using it this week, I may not use it again for who knows how long, but it is 19 or 20 bucks to have. There's enough times where I need to get access to one of these older drives or need access to something, or even just in an emergency to know that I can do it. That to me is that was a kind of a yeah. lifesaver and a really yeah. cheap, easy way to do it. So, again, if you are something, if you have a device around that's got one of these older, hard disk drives these big clunky hard drives or you've got a laptop that's got a drive on it and you're wanting to kind of do something with it uh let's say something does die on a computer but you can get the drive out of it this is the way you can now kind of connect it Hmm. and still use it as a drive i mean honestly brian i even thought about it trying to think creatively about it because i can get some of these raw hard drives a little less uh, a little more cost effective than maybe uh some newer SSD drives and some other things. If I have like a stock of these, I'm like, I just want to back up some things or I need some like video files that I don't need to access very often. I may just connect it up, copy stuff to it and then put this up on a shelf and know that I can always come back and reload it if I need to. Hmm. So maybe like archive things that you don't need to access very often, but you want to kind of keep around. This is another way you could do it. If you don't want to go buy an actual enclosed, external hard drive and you've got some of these laying around that you can use. Um,
0: anyway, so let me just, let me just clarify. So you just found another way to back something up. Absolutely. Okay.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, this, again, kind always of ridiculous. Ways to back up. Um, yeah. And, and okay. Uh, serious question. There was no way to put that into your NAS. I could. You just but, have to buy like a, a extension converter or like a, boxed for it to go into? Well, my
1: NAS has got two slots, and I've already got them both Oh, that's right. You're with eight filled. terabyte okay. drives. This yep, is a yep, three correct. terabyte drive, so it wouldn't really make more sense to put one in. Um, and true. also just know that when you put a drive into your NAS, which we will talk about again in the next episode, yep. When you put a drive in, it does have to reformat that drive completely to make it work within that
0: okay, you can't just put it in to read it. Okay. No. All right. Um,
1: And this had a full-time machine backup on it that I needed to get access to and pull up. So Hmm. I did not want to erase it. So that's why I needed access to it. So found this device. I got it on Amazon, got it like two days later, hooked it up, and right away it worked. It was great. Very easy. Very happy with it. So that is uh, the Inatech. External hard drive reader. They make some devices like this that are like uh, some ones I almost got were like a base that you actually drop this hard drive into and the base is actually connected To your to your computer I almost went with those because I just thought that'd be kind of nice and convenient You just kind of have it and you drop the drive into it But then I started thinking about a those were a little more expensive B This one has that flexibility of having three different ways it can connect to different drives in case I ever had another drive of a different type to know that it would work. It was just a, a lot more convenient for me. So that's what I went with.
0: Yeah,
1: I just uh, recommend that if anybody ever has that situation where they need access to any of these older hard drives and you don't want to spend money to send it off somewhere to get it recovered or you don't want to have to try to find somebody's old PC to install it in just to get it connected to, this is a super cheap way to do it. So yeah, awesome. All right. yeah. Good deal, man. Cool. Of course we went long as always. So uh, wow. I think I, noticed, I think what uh, we need
0: to do in the future, Ellen, is we'll we'll get one of those kitchen timers. Yep. Yeah. Set it with a big bell on it. And once the timer goes We've got to switch topics no matter what. We change topics. You know? Yeah. Fifteen fifteen minutes. Oh shoot, we didn't cover enough, but let's go. Next one. Well, I take all responsibility right. for this, because
1: I know I did kind of drive the whole episode and kind of did well, all the, You're the, damn you know, right warm. you're taking responsibility. Oh, so I do uh, take
0: responsibility <laughs> for going
1: long. I just I had too much information to share. It sounds like this Well
0: that's that's always the case. You've got too much wealth, too much knowledge to to share. So we yeah. understand.
1: Well, right, we're gonna wrap that's this fun. up then. We talked about Twitter alternatives and social media. We talked about the new Mac OS, and we gave some recommendations, a hard drive, external reader, and the Time app on Brian's side, revisiting and still yep. using.
0: Very still happy using. to hear.
1: Uh, Brian, if anybody's got some questions on any of those topics or they want to chime in with something of their own, uh, how
0: can they get a hold of us? Send us an email at info at the mesh.tv. That's info with TheMesh.TV. And uh, let us know what, what topics you'd like us to get into. Or if you have some suggestions of, you know, having multiple topics versus one topic versus, you know, to help us with format of the, the show as well. We're, we're here and we're excited to talk about uh, <clears throat> whatever, right? As you said, this is the only time we talk. So <clears throat> what we talk about really doesn't matter so much. So you tell us. You, you can
1: help dictate how my <laughs> brother and I Interact. Communicate. Exactly. Another.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you don't say we need to talk about growing up together and, you know, the, the, the memories we have, right. Let's talk about tech stuff, but uh we'll yeah, talk about an email. Let's
1: yeah. talk about good things. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you can go, you can also go to uh, www.brothers-in-tech.com and right. uh check out previous episodes. So cool. Awesome. All
1: right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks, everybody, for watching, listening. Again, we hope to hear from you if you've got any questions or any ways that we can help talk through anything with home, family, personal technology. Uh, We're here to help. So uh, we'll look forward to talking to you all soon. Take care. We'll see you next time.
0: Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh